0: Garrett Bush, Tyvis Powell, Jason Lloyd, plus, ba-da-da-da-da, you are loving him, Mikey McNuggets, and so many big names, it would take me hours to say all of their names. The ultimate Cleveland sports show starts now. Booyah! Woo. Welcome
1: in Tyvis. this is the Greater Cleveland Adult 53 and over Championship Trophy. If you notice, <laughs> it is three times the size of your defensive MVP in the 2015 National Championship Trophy. Uh, the one and only Jay Crawford made sure to bring this in. Put it in a very prominent position <laughs> in the studio as soon as you walk through our entrance doors over there. It's the first thing you see when you walk in and Tyvis. you and I walked into the studio this morning. Immediately, you saw it, and you said, Jay Crawford at SOB.
2: You know, it, it's cute. It, it reminds <laughs> me of my Muni League one, for real, the one that I got when I was nine years old. When I got defensive MVP, it looked just like that. It was about, that big? About, yeah, it's about the same height and everything, so that's nice. know, no, shout out to you, Jay, man. You did something. You, you got you a championship. I respect what you did there. To be 53, I hope I'm able to still swing a bat and play football and do all the things that I love when I'm 53, so in all seriousness shout out to you and i have no beef with you but my beef is with this man that's that's controlling the cameras i got serious beef with that dude so let, let's pull back the curtain real quick we walk
1: into yeah, the studio yeah <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah that's what you better do <laughs> team was on one it was just me Tyvis, and earl anthony's out sick this morning so earl's behind the uh behind the glass i'm in for jay we got jason lloyd we have Tyvis powell we got a big show for you guys playing but before we get into it, we got to talk about this beef between you and Director Steve. Listen, so, yeah. we're
2: first, just, first of all, before you start, let's just take this time to give Steve a, a round of applause. Everybody, he does, give a Steve he does a great job. He does do a very good job because he he feels Steve is mad at me. Okay, let me yeah. give y'all the now shank him. Yeah, let me give y'all the scenario. So I'm sitting here minding my business. <laughs> <laughs> I sit here minding my business. Steve walks up to me and he goes, "Hey, Timers, I just want to let you know." That I'm doing three sets of 10 in sit up and crunches. I said, that's great. And then I was about to say something about what I've been doing. He cuts me off. He says, no, see, that's your problem. You always make everything about yourself. <laughs> and I'm like, you didn't even acknowledge that I said anything. And I'm like, I literally started off my statement by saying, that's good. He's selfish and don't want me to talk about the fact that I was on the medicine ball yesterday and I did my crunches on the medicine ball and my stomach was sore. That's what I was about to say. And he just I don't know. Steve is in his feelings. So we got into this huge debate about it. He says I'm selfish. I tell him he needs to go behind the camera where he belongs. And then, uh, yeah, and here we are. It is funny.
1: He's the only person in this entire room that doesn't have a microphone. <laughs> he don't like, need one. Everyone has a microphone. He doesn't need You
2: don't want to hear Steve's voice, trust
1: me. <laughs> you really don't. Now, Director Steve is awesome. But it was funny because before that conversation started with Steve and the sit-ups, Earl and I were telling you how frustrated we get sometimes that after we do ad reads, people on the panel say, oh, one more thing real quick, one yeah, more yeah. thing. And there's no such thing as one more thing on the show because everyone has to chime in. And when we cut clips... The sponsors pay to be in these clips, but then the clip doesn't start for four minutes because we go on a tangent, And then Steve comes out and says, hey, Tyvus, I've been doing these sit-ups. And then Tyvus went on a tangent. I did not mind. He, well, no, no, no. he didn't but let you start, me. He started down the, the lane, <laughs> and then there's Steve. <laughs> and there's Steve, who just starts going off on his own right about how Tyvus was about to go on a tangent, how Tyvus can't say one more thing. So it was a really full circle kind of moment here as we were getting ready for the show today. But uh, Tyvitz, I just
2: hope. any Steve, final words for Director Steve? Yeah, Steve, great what you're doing. You let me know when you get the three sets of 20. I'll be impressed. <laughs> if you want to impress me, Steve, jump in the air and stay there. That's what impresses me. So before we
1: jump in, I, I, I just thought of one more thing. I just realized. One more thing. And there we do. There we go. But we haven't done a read yet, so it's still okay. <laughs> Anything before the read is fine. Steve's been doing sit-ups now for about a month, I would say. Steve, mm. about a month. Give or take. Steve's going on a cruise. Of
2: course he is. We know it's in beach know, body. We don't
1: know for sure. Unconfirmed reports. I just can't say with 100% certainty that it's not a swingers cruise. I don't <laughs> know for sure it's not. Wow, <laughs> did that take a turn. can't say with 100% certainty it's not. So, Steve doing three sets of 10 sit-ups. Steve, I respect the game. There's no coincidence. I respect the hustle. It's
2: not a coincidence. Steve loves pineapples, and we all know that. So, <laughs> There it is. Yes. And we know that that's coming up, and Pineapples is his thing. So, get, get, hey, shout-out to you, Steve, for getting ready. All uh, right. Earl, wow. no more one more things.
1: <laughs> I, Hey, I just said we're not 100% certain. It's not. Tyvis took it to a level that I wasn't ready to go to, but it's going to be it's one of those truth. days. It's going to be one of those days. Earl, when you do the read, there will be no more one more things after. So you want to get us our first read of the day?
3: I'm just, I'm just trying to gather myself, man. Just so – this show is off the rails already. So look, no more one more things going forward. Because uh, off that tangent, I end up going on the tangent. I'll be pissed off at like,
2: <laughs> y'all. Don't know that like Earl
1: gets mad at me when you guys when I'm mad at you. It's because Earl's mad at me.
2: Uh, uh, it's a train reaction. It's not me. I I'm, I don't say in a lot on this show. <laughs> okay, Switzerland. No, seriously though, because like
3: what y'all don't understand is like it's a method to my madness as well and so when the the conversation goes for an extended four minutes now i gotta start over what i'm doing and that puts me 10 minutes behind which puts the social clips that's getting out on x 10 minutes behind which puts puts us everything else beyond so just shut up and let's get to the topic they're
2: they're earl. like earl what what if what they're saying it's something interesting, you know. everything. it's usually
0: not. It, it,
2: it, it might be though. Like sometimes, sometimes G. Bush, Bull, or Jay might say something that's like uh, interesting.
0: Pro- probably not.
2: That's messed up, man. If it's if it's one more thing we to should,
0: add after a 17-minute conversation, <laughs> it probably didn't need to be said.
2: It, it's only the first 10 minutes of the show, so 10 minutes. Knowing the people, the four people that's up here, yeah. Like it's hard to sometimes get in there. Cause they go and they don't. Oh,
0: so I just sit here and drink my coffee when See, that, that, when, <laughs>
2: that's what I'm when
0: mom and dad start bickering. I just <laughs> so I go like, in my room and play video don't games. Don't feel like my you got to put
2: your input in it? Like no. you might have a
0: really good thought. Because oh, I, I've talked about this when Bull and Jay start going at it. Oh, you the worst thing you could do is add to it because now it's just a steel cage match. It's a Royal <laughs> Rumble, and everyone's trying to be heard and everyone's just throwing each other over the top rope. Like so, I just sit here and. Put my headphones on and play my video games and wait for mom and dad to shut up before the police are called, and then we can go eat dinner. It. Y'all ever noticed
3: Jason always got the uh, hoodie on? Jason So like a when, it, when the hood goes go Jay, up, boy. Jason check out. Yep,
0: that's it. The He's got a hood on up. today,
1: though. We're going to make sure Jason does not oh, put the hood up this today. Is,
0: this is brother and sister here. I don't know which one's the sister, <laughs> but we'll get along fine. <laughs> Director Steve. <laughs> now, truth be told, though, we got a huge show today.
1: Talking a ton of calves, and they beat the Kings last night in dominant fashion. Donovan Mitchell participating in the three-point shootout. Can he win? A little NBA trade deadline preview. Mm. Some Deshaun Watson, what playbook best suits him from Ken Dorsey's past. A little Black <coughs> History Month lesson from Earl the Pearl and Tyvis, And a whole lot more. But Earl, who's bringing us the show today?
2: What's
3: going on, man? Happy Super Bowl week to all who celebrates from FanDuel America's number one sports book. If you're like me, Super Bowl Sunday is all about scoring the best seat on the couch Grabbing your favorite football snacks and placing some super bets. I don't know. Like, i like to see who has the first commercial. Will it be Doritos or Chevrolet this year? We're going to find out. Um, FanDuel also has ways to end the season with a dub, two, or three. Not only can you bet on who will win Super Bowl 58, but FanDuel also has bets for which player will score a touchdown, how many points will be scored, and so much more. (laughs) Don't forget, new customers joining today, you will get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins, just visit FanDuel.com UCSS to sign up. That's FanDuel.com UCSS. Make every moment with FanDuel the official sports book of partners of the NFL.
0: Hey, real quick, Earl, one more thing. <laughs> <laughs> Love you guys. <laughs> so Love you guys. If
1: anyone watched the Cleveland Cavaliers Sacramento Kings game last night, it was a Cavalanche from the get-go Ooh. Then they couldn't miss in the second quarter. Then they couldn't miss in the third quarter. Then the fourth quarter came around, they missed one shot, then they made seven more. They shot 58% from the floor, 56% from three. They beat the Kings, who are a pretty impressive and talented Western Conference team, by 26 points. That's 14 of their last 15. The question today isn't, are they the favorites to win the title? We'll talk about that later, come playoff time. (laughs) question I want to ask you today, and Jason, we'll start with you, Ty, as you follow up. Right now, today, on February 6, 2024, are the Cavs playing better basketball than any other team in the NBA?
0: Well, that's different than are they the best team in the league. Well, fine. Let's go with the best team in the league. No, they're not the best team in the league. Come on. But are they playing the best right now? Uh, Yeah, sure. They're the hottest team in the league right now. When you win 14 to 15, you're playing like this. Are they the best team in the league? No, they're not better than Boston. I still think people want to poo-poo Milwaukee. You do that at your own risk. That's a championship-caliber team that added a dynamite player in Dame we go back to the NFL conversation where I said the Chiefs were bored all year and everyone talked me out of it by the end. Look where the Chiefs are. They're in the Super Bowl. You the, talk yourself out of the it, The all are, No, everyone else here. I'm blaming everybody else. I can't take <laughs> responsibility for my own actions.
4: <laughs> it's mm. the same thing with the
0: Bucks. Yeah, like that's, They're going to be there at the end. The West, Denver, still loaded. So until the Cavs win more than one playoff game, you can't call them the best team in the league. But they're playing great. They're playing exactly how they wanted to play. This is looking exactly how they wanted it to look. They've got... The shooting that they pursued in the offseason was Struess and Yang and those guys. Dean Wade has put it together this year after struggling miserably last year in the second half. Uh, now they got everybody healthy. they got the two towers inside defensively. Donovan leading it all. That's why they, brought, that's why they made the trade. You know, I wrote that for today. That's why, this is why they made that trade was to bring together a young, talented team that didn't know how to win and didn't know how to get where they wanted to go. It was his job to do that. He's done it very, very well. They've played great. They're hot. Enjoy it. Enjoy the ride. But you can't call them the best team in the league right now. Guy?
2: I don't disagree with that. Um, he. I mean, when you talk about as far as winning goes, like winning meaningful games in the postseason. No. Yeah, you can't. But right now, the, the way that they are playing, if they continue to play, you getting you're getting you know scoring and effort from everybody, and I think that's the one thing that I like. Like. Right now, it don't look like it's a weak link. Like when I when you watch them, like last night, like there's nothing that they lack. You know, last year we said it was shooting. They shot three really well last night. They're getting inside. Uh, Evan Mobley is healthy again. Now that dude right there, that's he's a hope. He got to figure something out because he's still trying to find his place, how he fits in. He did a lot of touch passing yesterday. <laughs> which I feel like, you know, he gave up a good shot to give it to a greater shot. So I respect him for doing that. But to me, I think he's still trying to find his his role in this lineup. And right now the the scoring isn't there, but he is distributing the basketball in, the, in a decent fashion. I expect that to pick up. But Evan Mobley is back on track. He's getting rebounds and he's scoring inside. Uh, Jared Allen continues to still do what he's been doing. He's scoring inside the paint. Um, obviously, he didn't ever moby stole all the rebounds yesterday. So, that's that's that. <laughs> and you're still getting some really good shooting. You know, Donovan Mitchell's doing a great job shooting. Sam Merrill came in off the bench. Karis LeVert is the one that really, if he comes off the bench and he's scoring and is effective, they really got something going. So, I really like the whole, you know, pieces, all the pieces that they have is finally coming together for this team. So, I would say that, yes, right now they are – playing the best and right now they look like the best now I understand that they haven't won anything in the playoffs and we will see but at this very moment there's not too many teams that I think can you know beat them right now
1: I think that's all fair and to Jason's point I would not pick them to win the NBA title right now no I don't think they should be considered the favorites to win the title and I think there are other teams that are built and proven more in the playoffs than the Cleveland Cavaliers at the moment however I do think there is a case to be made, and I'm gonna lay it out for you guys, that over the last month and a half, close to two months now, the Cavs have been the most consistent and best team in basketball. You go back to December 15th, when both uh, Darius Garland and Evan Mobley got hurt. They were 13 and 12 in ninth place in the Eastern Conference. Since then, they're 19 and four. Compare that to Boston who started the season 26 and six. They're 11 and six in their last 17 games. The Cavs are 19 and four. They're playing better than any other team in basketball. They've moved up to second place in the Eastern Conference. And the one thing when you look about who's the best team in basketball, you have to have that that killer five-man group that you know when push comes to shove, these are the five guys I need on the court right now, today, not in three months, not in the playoffs, like today, this is a five-man lineup that can compete with any other lineup in basketball. Mm -hmm. Right now, since January 1st, this is not for the playoffs. I'm just saying right now, today, at the moment, Yes, since January 1st, The five-man lineup of Mitchell, Struess, Okoro, Dean Wade, and Evan Mobley have a net rating of 26.3. Now, you're going to ask, what does that mean? It's essentially how much better they are when they're on the court versus not. Mm -hmm. Of any lineup in basketball since January 1st that's played at least 10 games together in that span, that is the single best five-man lineup in basketball. And not just by a little bit, by a ginormous gap. Second place, 26.3 for the Cavs. Try 18.7 for the Clippers. Kawhi, Paul George, uh, James Harden, Terrence Mann, and Mason Plumlee. It's almost eight and a half points over a two-month or a month and a half stretch now that that five-man lineup's been better. So they can put that five-man lineup against anyone and feel damn good about it. And the fact that they're making shots <coughs> at the rate they are right now—they made 23 threes last night
2: Yeah, no. in the
1: last eight games. Dean Wade is shooting 51% from three. Akuro's shooting 47%. Merrill's shooting 48% from three. They got weapons all over the floor. Mm. I think there's a case made that right now, they're playing better than any other team in the NBA.
2: I think that uh, the, the interesting one, what is, I don't know if y'all know this off the top of your head, what is Boston's starting five right now? When they're healthy or right now? Right, right I'm now. not sure
1: exactly if they're 100% healthy.
2: But yeah. They go Derek White,
1: Drew Holiday, Brown, Tatum, Porzingis. That's their closing five. See, okay, so that's a tough matchup for because so th- they're giant. And, and, they're and, athletic. and yeah, I'm yeah.
2: thinking about the Cavs against that lineup. Right now, our starting lineup is Garland, Mitchell. Is it O'Goro running the three? No, no Struce, yeah, Struce. Mobley, Mobley and Allen. How does that match up? Because Porzingis does a great job of pulling Biggs out of the paint. So if Jared Allen is out of the paint, Mobley is checking who?
4: Probably Tatum. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I don't know how I feel about
1: that. Do you feel good about anyone guarding Jason Tatum, though? No, but that's not
2: the point though. Like He's it's, it's a good option as on anybody. But what makes Boston so good is that they their center is a five and he sits out the paint, which makes the the rebounding aspect. Yeah. it takes their big man out of the rebound aspect. I like the fact that Mobley is still there to get rebounds cuz it'll take, take cause Tatum's really good at getting boards. But as far as defending
0: goes, that kind of scares me a little bit. There's two conversations we're having. There's the regular season conversation, and there's the postseason conversation. Very different. Now, which conversation do you want to have? Do you want to have the regular season? or do You want to have the post? I'm, I'm not trying to be I mean, a jerk. We're trying to. We're,
2: we're. The we all bull has sat in this very chair and said that the post, regular season is meaningless. Well, it's not meaningless if you use it the right way to prepare your team. Well, that's what I say What well, well, Jason said. Yeah. They need to find out how they would match up to what they would do.
0: Right now, use the regular season to figure out how you would match up to that in yeah. the postseason. And I'm telling you right now, because I've been poking around on this for the last couple of weeks, I've been reaching out to opposing teams that I've got relationships with and say, like, how would you guard these guys? If you if you were playing the Cavs in a postseason series, how would you guard them? And a couple of the answers that came back were, we don't trust a coro yet in a postseason series. Like, mm. you're going to shrink off Isaac the same way. The Knicks played the Cavs last year exactly. is how teams are going to defend them again. Isaac has to prove it. He's shooting 39% now on catch and threes, on catch and shoot threes. Don't matter. Teams don't trust it's a different game in the postseason. Yeah. The pressure goes up, the stress level goes up. In each round you advance, it gets higher and higher and higher. And teams don't believe in him yet. And they're gonna shrink off him and force him to make those shots. So well, I would say that would probably be the same thing for Evan Mobley, then. The different yes. The difference is Mobley's only gonna shoot a couple of those more than likely, and he's viewed as a better all-around player than Isaac Okoro Hmm. in the NBA.
1: Okoro's also gonna be stationed in the corner.
0: Yeah, Okoro is gonna stand in the corner and don't move and wait for the ball. So this, but he's coming off the bench. Okoro? Yeah, and and Sam's another one. You know, I asked JB last night, is there room in in your rotation for Sam when everybody's healthy and there's no uh, minutes restrictions? And grudgingly, JB's like, I can't sit here and tell you he hasn't earned it. Like he's earned it. Yeah, he doesn't like playing 10. JB doesn't like playing 10. He ideally likes to play nine, which is Mm common, but he said, we've got 10 guys who have earned it. So we're going to play 10 guys. Now that's the regular season. In the postseason, you're really going to play 10. And I think there's a spot for Sam. And he, I mean, he's shooting it. Every time he's out there, Mm -hmm. he's making two and three threes. It's crazy. You can't keep him off the floor, but you have to be strategic in when you play him. In a postseason series, because the game's going to slow down. It's going to become a half-court game. Yeah. And defensively, he's going to have to guard. That's what I was about to ask. How is he defensive? And he's deficient, but when you've got Evan and Jarrett behind him. Oh, you know, it's easy. It, yeah. clean, it cleans yeah. things up. And if, you, if you're playing pick-and-roll defense, or if you're getting beat, if you, got, if you get beat off the dribble, if you're an on-ball defender, and you know you're going to get beat, at least funnel him the right way. Funnel him the way that the defense is set up and funnel him into those guys the right way, and then it's up to Evan and Jarrett to clean it up on you the back make, end. You make him sound like he like uh, the dude
2: from the heat, Duncan Robinson.
1: In a way. I mean, yeah,
2: he he in shoot a way.
0: threes, but he ain't really
2: good defensively. Could
1: I reel this back, though, one second? We'll get to yeah. the playoffs when we get there. There's a lot of basketball we played. There's injuries. I mean, we're talking about Boston and their lineup. Porzingis is never healthy, so, like, there's no guarantee he'll be around. Right. So, let's bring it back to the regular season, though, right now, because Mm -hmm. everything you say about the playoffs is obviously true, and, you know, we can talk to as many coaches from other teams as you want. You're going to get pretty consistent answers. They have to make shots before we're going to guard them, and that's kind of how you attack it. But right now, at least in the moment, the Cavs don't have a weak link. They're going 10, even sometimes, if you want to count Craig Porter Jr., 11 deep, Mm -hmm. and everyone's (coughs) contributing. You texted me last night asking the Cavs the deepest team in basketball. Yeah. And I, I was driving home, Like I, quick search, they're definitely in the conversation. The fact that on any given night, you can go 10, 11 deep, and that's without Tristan Thompson, by the way. I was
0: going to mention him. So He's really, a usable piece. Really
1: 12 deep if you consider all the pieces, or the cupboard's fully you know available. Everybody's contributing, and they're still figuring out how to play certain guys together, how to best maximize each person's talent when guys are together just because injuries, they haven't had so much time yet. I still think there's another level this offense and defense can go before we reach the postseason. Like I still think there's they've won 14 of 15. They're 19 and four since December 15th. I think this team can play even higher level of basketball in the regular season, which is a scary thought for their 29 teams around the league. I mean,
2: they have listen from where they were to where they are today has shown you that they have they have the room for improvement and they've made those adjustments. And you got to think that. It's just about not getting complacent. You know, yeah, you win in games, but over the course of those games, there's things that's happening that you know you can work on and get better at. If they really become, like, petty and become obsessed with trying to really get better, then, yeah, it's another level. It's always another level. I mean, Kobe said that. Go higher. You know, when you think you made it, go higher. I think when I think about this Cavs team, to me, the the regular season, the postseason, and anything else, I think it comes down to three to four guys. It comes down to Okoro, Wade, Merrill, and Levert. Both guys. If those four guys – because the one thing that gets me is I don't think it's a, somebody – outside of Tristan, there's nobody that's been there that's won it.
1: No, right? No, Niang, Niang's played a ton of playoff games, though. Yeah, Niang's Won it. Struce. has been in a – one, no, it. yeah, just yeah,
2: that's what I'm saying, and I think that that to me is vital as something that you because it's, I feel like that's what was missing last year outside of the shooting, of course. I think you just need that one veteran that's
0: been there. I hear what you're saying, and Mike wants to talk regular season, I keep talking postseason, but if you're talking postseason. It ain't those dudes stars win in the postseason. It's Donovan. (laughs) That's why I said I'm trying to keep it regular season. (laughs) That's the postseason conversation. It's those dudes. Yeah. But for the regular season, sure. Yeah. You need those guys. I mean, Dean Wade, the reason they moved on from Kevin Love right around this time last year Mm -hmm. was because of the faith that they had in Dean Wade. Mm -hmm. And Dean fell off a cliff from that point to the rest of the season. So he needs to maintain at this level. He needs to be continue playing at the level that he's playing at from now until April. Sam has to keep shooting at this well. He's he's the one that's going to get cut from this rotation if he stops shooting it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like if he he's the, he's the most vulnerable. He's the first one gone. Yeah. yeah. If they got to cut the rotation, he's the one who's going. Uh, Okoro feels a need because of how ferocious he is defensively mm-hmm. on the perimeter. He's the best on ball defender. Levert is going to play. He's hot and cold usually. He's very streaky, but he's his spot is secure. So they just need, you know, I don't, I don't know that they. You can always get better. Yes, you can always improve, but I think that this is probably. It's close. I think this is about as good as they can play because if Garland gets hot, he's just going to take the shots that other guys are right now making. Here's,
1: here's the one thing, and I, I want to go back. Don't really forget to come back to the point about the five man lineup I yeah. mentioned? But. I think the one area where they, they can legitimately get better within the regular season as Garland and Mobley kind of get their legs back under them and get more familiar with this, I'll call it new style of all. Everyone's played this style before. It's not groundbreaking. JB didn't invent a new triangle, right. but it's just, as they get familiar with these guys, I do think there is a scenario where Donovan Mitchell, who's become the de facto point guard in this system and has flourished. Mm-hmm. This is the best Donovan Mitchell has ever played. Yes. You know, However good you thought Donovan Mitchell was, he has taken his game to the next level yeah, yeah, yeah. to where when the Cavs made the trade and gave up all that, and you're like, well, <clears throat> do you give up all that for a top 15, 20 guy, not a top five guy? Well, he's playing like a top five guy in the NBA right now. He's playing that well. There is a level where Donovan's playmaking ability unlocks so much for Darius. And I know opportunities come and go. Like, that may me Donovan's numbers come down slightly because more of it's going to Garland. But there's still an opportunity for those two to find that unique mesh of two guys that want the ball but also flourish and play off each other's ability to create and create space and opportunities for each other that takes this offense from we're going to get a lot of open threes and make a lot of open threes to we're getting wide ass open looks anytime we want that's like the next tiny little crack i think or a wrinkle that could still be improved upon in the
0: regular season. Two things on that. One, the Cavs are very comfortable with Darius in an off-ball role. Mm-hmm. They are adamant that he will be fine playing without the ball in his hands. He did it at times when Collin was here. Uh, so they don't have any concerns about that. I know others do, but the, the, internally they don't have any concerns about that. And secondly, I think the thing that would unlock them and take them to another level is the Evan Mobley component. That, that's the next one, yeah. Yeah, if, if he can consistently make threes – I wrote about it the other night, and people went crazy. And I'm like, guys, JB just said it. Like, I don't know why you're mad at me. JB's the <laughs> one who said it that he needs to take these threes, and obviously he needs to make them too. But didn't if he didn't, you write that before he went three for three. He did, yeah, because yeah.
1: yeah. JB said we Jake need th- Evan to shoot those shots. And he went
2: three for three. And he went,
1: and he went three, three for
0: three. three. Twenty-eight points. Now he only shot one last night and missed it. And honestly, I didn't even see it. I missed it.
1: It was early in the game. I
0: uh, but that those two things yeah. could take this even higher. I'm telling you, Mobley, I, some people seem to be souring on him a little bit that he's not as good as everyone says. I'm telling you right now, if he develops a three point consistent shot, he doesn't have to shoot five, six, seven, eight a night. Three, four. If he's averaging three and a half, three point eight, 3.8, and I said this before go back and look at Draymond, pink Draymond, not now. Look at prime Draymond. In 2015, 2016, 2017, on those Warriors teams, he was shooting at a pretty good clip, the three-point shot. If Evan develops that, he will be an MVP candidate for a very long time in the NBA. That's the only thing that's missing. He
1: had some moves yesterday, and I know he didn't shoot. The percentages weren't good. He missed a bunch around the rim, but some of the moves he made yesterday, I my issue with Evans, the consistency. Yeah, it's not the ability. The ability's there. Potential. It's there. But he had a move yesterday in transition. And he's a legit 6'11", 7'4". Yeah. When you see Evan Mobley walk around, like, there's no doubt that he he's is one all of the, the freak alien type NBA specimen athletes. And he came down on the right wing yesterday and transition and did a little step through, rip around, and finished with the left hand. Mm. And there's like seven guys in the world who can do that. And that's kind of what's frustrating about Mobley. And is, he, but he's
0: 22. No, no. Uh, but, and, uh, but no. It, it's it's point, granted. like, yeah. But
1: you see other guys like. I don't want to compare Mobley to other guys, but a guy like Chet Holmgren comes in, and it's just more consistent. You just see it on a night-in, night-out basis. Which we haven't seen from Mobley yet. But the ceiling for Mobley is still there. Yes. And if he can make threes at even... Jay asked the question yesterday, asked me, how many threes do you want Mobley to take? And I was like, however many they leave him wide-ass
0: open. I want him There's, to take between 120 and 130 the rest of the season.
1: That, that's fine. That's, he asked, he's like, one a game, two to a four. game. And I was like, well, if they between leave Mobley open eight times,
0: I want him to shoot eight threes. Yeah. If he's
1: if they're guarding, I know I'm taking... Three threes, I, yeah, like I just if he's want him contested. Just shoot it. But shoot it if it he's open, point. I mean, you shoot don't want him it.
0: dribbling at the top of the no, arc and yeah, trying no, no. to take his guy off balance. I'm
2: talking catch and shoot. Yeah. You know, Donovan, Darry, Donovan drives to the hold and kicks it to kicks him, it and to he's him. there shooting. Don't it. hesitate. Yes. Yeah, let let I, it fly. I, even when he went three for three, it still was a slight hesitation on the shot. Now, and maybe that's his thing, and he got his – He his is a
0: form. slow
2: jump
0: And then I'm just like, just – Oh all, like, just let it go. When I was talking to JB about it before I wrote that column, and JB said a lot of times he's processing the next play when he's got the ball, and by the time it processes, I should shoot this, he's out of rhythm or the defense is caught up to him, Mm. and he just has to be quicker with it. He just has to be catch it and go.
1: Same thing when he catches it on a little pocket pass in the pick and roll. Jared Allen's got really good at making these split-second, on-the-fly decisions to either kick it to the corner, take his own shot, or do whatever. Mobley has the ability to process, just that to speed up that, that tiny little yeah. bit. Earl, you had a question?
3: Yeah, I had a question for Jason. So I've heard Brad Daugherty speak about Evan Mobley a lot. And this was maybe about a year ago that he talked about Evan Mobley's development and him being this unicorn and reaching his full potential. And he's somebody that believed that Evan Mobley doesn't have to develop this consistent three-point shot to reach his overall potential because he has so many different weapons. Uh, in his toolbox that or so many different tools in his toolbox that he can go to that makes him so lethal. Jason, to that, you say what?
0: I mean, I don't like disagreeing with Brad Doherty, who's better at basketball than I would ever be in my lifetime. He knows what he's talking about. But just watching how the game is played today, yeah. I think he does need to develop a three-point. He needs to develop – he certainly needs to at least cons- develop more consistency around the rim. His mid-range is even shaky at times. But I believe – to be a top player in this league, the way the game is played today, the way bigs are expected to play the game today, he does need to develop that three-point shot in order to be, I'm talking the elite of the elite, top five franchise pillar in the NBA, who's consistently in the running for MVP talk. Now, Giannis is not that. Giannis, Whoa. Giannis, Giannis ain't a He's giving a Giannis credit. Shooter. He's about
2: Giannis, to, he's about he's to a, compliment it, Giannis. Giannis. Hit threes. What you talking Giannis about? ain't
0: a consistent three-point shooter, but he is so – Big and strong and massive. And Evan, Evan's never going to be that physically. Yeah, he, he, he I don't was, think. I people mean,
2: didn't think Giannis would be Because Giannis can't
1: nah, be it, looking it like, was, like um, y- Evan yeah, did. yeah, but they knew Giannis had come from Greece and was undernourished and never had food growing <laughs> up. Like, there's a big but, difference. Then but there's been the a progression
0: over. to Giannis from when he was 19, yeah. building to where he is. Evan looks a lot at 22 like he did at 19. I don't know that it's going to come for him. I think he's always going to be a little he bit better, smaller and fray. You better afraid.
2: go ask Giannis what he did. <laughs> Giannis, ate <laughs> enough food. For I mean, if you ever, if you ever read Giannis' autobiography, I, I one, of the, one of the best, I mean, I th- then you know he, yeah.
1: he never had food until he was 19. I, well, I didn't
2: read it. I, I audio-booked it. Same, same thing. So yeah. You've heard the story. Yeah. I mean, he, Giannis didn't have they, food. They used to have to give him snacks and stuff, and his teammates would bring extra food for him, and he would always decline and then lie and say he ate and stuff like that. So
0: wow. Yeah. The, the videos of him pre draft like were grainy, incredible. Yeah. And like two dribbles. I've never seen anything like it. And I, I, the Cavs missed badly on Giannis. That was the Anthony Bennett draft. And I talked to people who looked at Giannis and said, I mean, maybe he's a second round pick, but I wouldn't go any higher. Oh, yeah. Than nobody
2: that. was high on him. It
0: was 15th overall, right? 13, I think. I think Bucks got him at 13. Anthony Bennett, Victor Oladipo,
1: uh, CJ McCollum, uh, Porter Jr. Otto Porter Jr. was the third pick that year. Otto, yeah. That's a bad was draft. A, that was I mean, Giannis really saved bad. it, but that was, that was that a was bad a, draft. That was job.
0: one of the worst drafts ever.
1: Uh, Earl, last thing, because we brought it up, then we'll move on to the next topic, but we were talking about the five-man lineup earlier. I talked about the <coughs> Cavs' five-man lineup that's been the best in the NBA yeah. in the, the last month and a half in the regular season. I don't think that's the closing lineup in the playoffs. I, I do think at the end of the day, Darius Garland has to be in the five Absolutely. To, close the, to close the playoff game. Like I think that's a non-negotiable. He brings stuff, and to your point with the teams laying off Okoro of and Mobley and other guys. The one guy in the playoffs last year who didn't piss down his pants Darius. was Darius. Yeah. And we know when push comes to shove and when he gets his legs back, I think we'll see more of it. Yeah. He is a legitimate secondary or first, on the team with the Cavs, with Mitchell, he's secondary. Secondary playmaker. they just don't have in anyone else on the roster. I, like, I admit, I'd understand that that five man lineup right now in the regular season works and it's been good as any lineup, but come postseason time, DG has to be in that five.
2: I, I think what you just said was outstanding. I think when you think about last year, because that's, that's where Cavs fans are. We can't get, it looks good and we're enjoying it, but we've seen this before. We've seen it there's just last year. Yeah, there's a seal. And we've seen what they did in the postseason. We, I think last year was the true tale that there's a difference between the regular season and the postseason. And to tell for, you. for this. So did he. Not you, but I'm just saying. Yeah. Try, try oh, to okay. Learn. Yeah, I want to say, yeah. She's talking about I already know that. Anyways, I think that, it was just so many people that didn't show up, and Darius did. So I think that kind of – right now, Darius is looking like, oh, okay right now because he's coming back. But I think once he figures it out and figures out his role, he does know, like, when they come push us up, you give me the ball, I can get yeah. us something. And that's important moving forward.
0: You have to give people an opportunity to fail and grow and learn from it. And you hope that that's what happened last year. I I don't remember Darius playing as well as you guys say it. I think he had one or two good games, but he also had some games what? that were absolute what? clunkers in there. One no, or two, well, everybody else. One, one or two is now. better than zero, zero, yeah. zero. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I wouldn't say that like Darius carried them through that. Knicks Listen, series. Darius, had, he did have some. Darius he had a couple good games. I can't
2: remember what game. Game two. <clears throat> it was that in the guard. It was somewhere. No, well, game two. Two they, was here. They won, and that's the game he went off. And then game three.
1: He had a game. He had one game in the Garden. He had a half.
2: He had a second half. It was like the first half he didn't do anything. In the second half,
0: he got Jared
2: Allen involved. He was swinging the ball. He was scoring.
0: I think Darius would – certainly Donovan can play better than he played. And and he doesn't fall into this discussion of you have to give someone a chance to fail and learn from it because he's had plenty of opportunities in the postseason. And he has to deliver. Like he he, he, he hits to the point. This is on him. He's got to deliver. And if this team fails in the playoffs this year, nobody's going to blame Evan and nobody's going to blame Darius and nobody's going to blame Jarrett. It's on Donovan. He knows it. But the other guys, Evan, Darius, even a guy like Dean, Isaac Okoro, these guys that got there for the first time and went through it, you have to give them an opportunity to fail and learn from that and come back and be better. And if they're not this year, a lot of people are getting fired and traded. If they flame out again – People are getting fired and traded. But you have to give them that opportunity to learn and grow and put to practice what they learned last year.
2: Well, 10 seconds, then we can move on. I think the best thing they did was get Tristan Thompson because last year they got bullied inside. At least Tristan, even if he isn't on the floor, he can get the fire out of them. I think that veteran move was perfect.
1: And Niang and Strewson both played a ton of Mm -hmm. deep playoff minutes. Earl, what's up?
3: All right, man, that was great. So before we move
1: on to our next topic, I just
3: want to tell you all about a conversation me and Mike had the other day. I hit Mike up. I said, hey, bro, I think I want to go see the Cavs-Kings game. Um, Wanted to show Jawad Williams some love and support for being a local Cleveland dude that's on the Sacramento Kings coaching staff. He was like, hey, go ahead and download, you know, the Game Time app. So I did that. And they had a lot of last-minute tickets, flash deals, zone deals, so if you go download the Game Time app, create an account, and use uh, the code Locked On, you get twenty dollars off your first purchase. Again, that's code Locked On. So the next time you try to go see the Cavs,
1: use the Game Time app. And they give you a view from the seats. They tell you the final price, so you don't see a ticket price. Then they add thirty dollars on for fees. Game Time, if you're going to use it, use promo code Locked On. The best in the business. So the three point contest is coming up. All Star Game in Indiana. And Donovan Mitchell will be the Cavs' representative. There's no rule that says you can't have two players from the same team. Milwaukee has two. Lillard and Malik Beasley. Mm-hmm. But Sam Merrill turned down the opportunity to be part of the three-point contest. Wait, you
0: think that's true? I'm pretty sure he was joking. If he's joking, it makes it even worse. I'm pretty sure Donovan was joking. Sam, Mer- Why would Sam Merrill? I was at the game last night. I thought, I thought
1: Fedor had a quote from Sam. saying He wanted to spend time with his family.
0: Oh, well, I thought I was not in the locker room last night. I, when Don talked about it, I was in the workroom writing, but I took what Donovan said as a joke, but maybe it no, was. No, no, but pull up. If Merrill if really passed on the opportunity, that's shocking. <laughs> like, I don't. I thought I read. You don't get those opportunities very often. Go, pull up Fedor's
1: right. article and see if he had a quote from Merrill. I could have sworn I, I read it like that joking. this morning. I thought he was joking. Well, I heard, I heard what Mitchell said. Yeah. But I thought I read from Fedor. Well, Feedor, what did
2: Mitchell say?
1: That he wants to spend time with his family.
2: Oh, that Sam wants to spend, time, wants to spend time with his family. He passed the money because he wants to spend time with his family. But I thought Fedor, in his, his article,
1: talked to Merrill, and Merrill said the same thing. Is
2: his family from there or something? No, it's from Utah.
0: Oh, I don't know.
2: I, and listen, that's that's
0: you, a bad business decision. You I'm about to say, if name, you bro, got an was,
2: opportunity to do the three-point contest, you 1000 I thought it was real,
1: and I came on the panel today ready to rip Sam Merrill for this. <laughs> and I may still do it, and I'm, listen, I am a Sam Merrill stand. Yeah. I don't think anyone's gone harder and rep Sam Merrill more than I have oh, in the last couple of months. I mean,
0: short white three point shooters. That's your, He's my that's your bread and butter. Sam
1: Merrill has the game I dreamed of having. <laughs> Sam Merrill is everything I wish I was tall and in the NBA and can shoot. That's all I've ever wanted in my entire life. And Sam, let me just, for the sake of this conversation, let's pretend it is real that Sam did decline all right. or said, I want to spend time with my family. Whatever,
2: for the sake of this. His family will want to see him in the three point contest.
1: I got to know Mac McClung when he was 14 years old. My That's first good. job in, t- in who? Mac McClung. One of the, the dude who won the dunk contest last year? Yeah. I you got know to, him? Yeah, me and Mac go way back. No kidding. Uh, he was from Southwest Virginia, which is where I worked. He won a state championship, broke AI scoring record. I was there for all. But the way Jason filed LeBron around, I was the Mac McClung entourage <laughs> in Southwest funny. Virginia. He was the biggest story in <laughs> sports. When he got the chance to do the slam dunk contest last year, he had played a few few games in the NBA, but a journeyman career European Was he on guy. the G League or
2: something like he that? He was in
1: the G League. He had played a few NBA games. He had a 10-day contract once, but he was a G League guy. Got a chance to participate in the slam dunk contest. Obviously won, blew up, made a boatload of money off yep. endorsements, off notoriety. He got an NBA contract out of it. Now, Sam, you're not in that same position, but you had a chance to capitalize on something special here. There's no guarantee... We all think you should be back because you are one of the best shooters in the entire NBA, both in volume and efficiency. And I hope, I hope what I'm saying is true. And Earl, did you get the quote? Is it real? Did you find it? Please tell me. So it. I've
3: been searching. I didn't see anything from Chris Fedor. I'll send
1: you the article. I just, I don't have the clue. About uh, this is per
3: fear This is a quote. Uh, Donovan Mitchell will be participating in the three point competition, but he isn't his or his teammates preferred option. This is from Donovan Mitchell. Sam uh, Sam Merrill didn't want to do it. I tried to get him out, but he just wanted to chill with his family. So I figured, why not go out there and win it for him?
0: Well, if if it's, if it's Sam really did, that's a bad <laughs> I so, decision. I feel
1: so – I got to find a – I read it this morning.
2: But anyways.
1: You could talk like uh, Sam Merrill, I'm disappointed. If you did have the opportunity and didn't, I'm disappointed. If that's not true, I still love you, man. You're my guy. That's funny.
2: Threes. That's funny. No. I I just uh if he turned it down, first of all, maybe he just big and family I personally I think my, your family will wanna see you in that light. You know, you are going up against some big time names and you can outshine them. Like that's something nobody can take away from you. To say that I won the three point shootout, like that's it's all good and fun, but it, it means something to some people. So I think that you kinda did drop the ball if you did decline. I, I hope that it was just
0: a joke I, I would be surprised if the league invited him quite frankly go ahead there, there's more though there's more this is what it says this is what the article says
3: Merrill hasn't seemed interested citing not ever taking part in a three-point competition before and his golf game as two reasons why he should take the weekend off
1: I found I found it now you can read this every once but Merrill did talk when campaigning to try this is from Chris Fedor today in uh Cleveland. Oh it's by Ethan Sands excuse me Ethan Sands Cleveland.com today. That's why I was looking on Fedor's timeline. I couldn't find it. That makes sense. Uh, Mitchell had previously been campaigning for teammate Sam Merrill to participate in the three-point shootout as Merrill has risen through the ranks from a sleeper that few teams had on their scouting report to one of the top pure shooters in the league. Uh, When the campaign of trying to get Merrill to be a participant started, he was candid about wanting to take time away to spend with his family and rest during the All-Star break. Quote from Sam Merrill, as you see... In the list of guys they are going with, the league likes the big name guys, so I knew I was never going to get invited, and I'm totally
0: cool with that. Okay, Th- that's where I was going with it. So did he get invited or not?
1: I don't think he was invited, but I think he made it clear that he didn't really want to participate. The,
0: the li- first of all, the league likes to use guys who are already at the event. Yes. It's for those All Star Saturday night. Yeah. i at Malik Beasley though, who's not. Yeah, I, and who's shooting well this year, right? Beasley is. Yeah. But uh, the three, the the stars won't do the dunk contest anymore. The dunk contest. I it's mean, I know you love Mac, but it. Yeah, it's well, a he joke. should have been
1: in it. I mean, it's it a be, yeah, he should have been in but it. But this, Never.
0: but the the bigger name players still enjoy doing the three point shootout. So it would be really unusual for the league to bring in this guy that is really an unknown who has only really he's been in the Cavs rotation since the end of December, really, and that's it. It's it would be an odd fit for the league to invite him in the first place. If they did invite him, he'd be crazy not to go. But it's it's more that event is more for the established elite shooters in the game guys who have been doing it a little bit longer uh than than someone like sam has now if sam was a dunker he'd be perfect Like that's who they're looking for for the dunk contest is those type of guys do they
2: have they announced that
1: the i heard jalen brown actually was considering doing it
0: the dunk contest yeah it'd be nice if somebody that yeah. that <laughs> casual fan knew. is Mac mcclugge defending the i don't th- title? i don't think so
1: i don't think so is he
0: even on a roster
1: dang he's in a g-league the well,
0: there's yeah.
2: no way they're not going to let him defend his title they haven't announced the participants yet
1: if Sam Murray was in the three point and we're going to talk about Donovan Mitchell being in it I've second.
0: been to so many slam dunk contests I can't tell you how horrible it is to attend it's, it's so terrible. Boring. I went to one too it's it so boring bad. really it's awful the three point shootouts the best part of I mean All-Star what
2: actually do my I, my favorite you is like when the skills, they, don't yeah you? I like the the one where they they got a shooter from half court there's three different people and they got a the team yeah that's my favorite one. if
1: Sam Murray was in the three point shootout, though, and the list of participants are Beasley, Dame Lillard, Tyrese Halliburton, Jalen Brunson, Mitchell, Laurie Markinen, Tyrese Maxey, and then the last one's TBD. I think Merrill could have had a chance to legitimately win. He'd hold though. his own, because his, his form is consistent, minimal effort. It's not like he jumps, he doesn't have a crazy consistent form, flick of the wrist, minimal effort and a guy who's built to shoot, It's different. those are the guys who usually typically win or have the, the makeup stereotype to win a three-point shootout.
0: It's different when you do it, especially the first time. It's it's not like a normal game yeah. where you're in the rhythm of the game. You're standing in one spot. You're reaching off a rack, and you got this – everyone's watching you. Like, it's – it's a lot of guys sort of choke that first time they go through it because it's so different than an actual game environment. But I'd like to see him take his – like, I think he'd hold his own against those guys if he got into a rhythm. Uh, Maybe eventually, maybe, you know, if he can stick, I was talking to Mike Brown about it last night and and, you know, the, the Kings had Sam in camp last year. He was one of their last camp cuts and Mike loved him. Mike was going on and on and things like it's legit and for real, and he can play in this league. And it came down to roster composition for them. And they already had someone similar to him, Mm. to his size and stature and what he can do. And, and Mike's like, hey, we missed. So like, here's what we they should have sh- held on to it. Here's what they should do.
1: Donovan Mitchell should come out in a Sam Merrill jersey and win it for Sam. <laughs> That's what should happen. Do you think Donovan has a chance yeah. to win the three-point shootout? See, Donovan,
2: Donovan is a streaky shooter. He's one of those ones that want, if he's on, like he, he really won't miss. So I think we'll know in the first two racks if, if he's going to be good or not. That's how
0: I feel. I don't know. Guys catch fire. They can, it depends on where they start and where their hot racks are. And they change it so much. Isn't there they one like rack the that's ball, all money balls? Yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, they've got one rack that's all money balls now. And, I mean, if you clean up on that one, you're in good shape. I'd, I'd give them a chance. Any of those guys can win. I'd What's the, let me see the list. I don't know how to mean? make Don the favorite. Let me see the list. He's got a chance.
1: I'm a, I'm a it's Donovan Mitchell. Okay. Tyrese Halliburton. Tyrese Maxey. Dame Lillard. Malik Beasley. Laurie Markin, no, Jalen Brunson, and then an eighth. It ain't no player. heavy hitter. No, there's it's no It's not one like there. Steph, Steph Curry or Clay or Steph something. Steph shooting like that. against Sabrina Ionescu in a separate three-point. Yeah, field. I know that.
0: I saw that. I, I don't know. I, I don't know if Vegas has lines out for that. I don't know who they would pick as dang, a favorite. probably they. But there's nobody I look at on that list and go, "Oh, that guy's gonna win." Yeah,
1: See, that's what I'm saying. If Sam Mer- and that's why. And Sam, once again, you're my guy, my guy. And I hope.
0: I don't did, think he. I don't think he ever declined an invitation. Okay, Wade.
1: that makes me feel a lot better about this whole situation because I would have been very disappointed that we're not going to get the chance to see him. If but Adam
0: Silver called, if Sam and was said, in that with we that we've got to have you.
1: Let me ask you: If Sam Mera was in Donovan Mitchell's spot, is he your favorite to win it? I know it's his first time, and that makes a huge difference. No, but, no. My,
2: but he could. Dame I, Lillard. I'm wrong with him. Dame Lillard. If I'm da- Dame's built for this kind of
1: thing. Yeah, he's yeah. done it. A, I think no. he's won it before, hasn't he? I believe so. Did he Donovan win? would be, by the way, if Mitchell does win. First player ever to win a dunk contest and the three-point shootout. Didn't Dane win it last year? Dame?
2: Did Dane win it last year? I thought
1: Dane did win it last year. I don't know. I thought Steph – didn't Steph participate last Steph year? Steph's won a bunch. in That's what mean, I'm saying. Steph's won I a mean, bunch. I don't know. I think Donovan, though, to your point about being a streaky shooter, when he gets hot – yes, He don't miss. He gets – supernova like in secondary asteroid level hot (laughs) and he can make nine ten in a row and if it's during the money ball situation he could put up these historic scores but it's it's the three rounds now you know it's the first round then it goes from eight to four then it goes four to two and it's it's tough for a streaky shooter to stay hot for three Three rounds rounds when you get a minute then you sit for 30 minutes then you get another minute then you sit so uh, I don't think he's a favorite, but he absolutely could win it. Was it like absolutely. that when
2: Larry Bird and him was
0: going? No. For?
2: It was they've just, changed the format. They've changed so a many lot. Time. Was it just one round back then? No,
1: no, it was always two, but wasn't it just the top two scores and then there was a final round? I don't remember now. Don't but there remember. was only one money ball per yeah, round. There was, was never like this this yeah, five, sure. five money rack ball, rack rack. ball, yeah. Oh, you want to talk ass. a little uh, trade deadline stuff?
3: Not really. I wanted to hear more of this conversation.
1: <laughs> <laughs> who, do you, who do you think? You think Donovan Mitchell should be the, uh, the favorite?
3: Of course I think Donovan Mitchell <laughs> should be the favorite. <laughs> <laughs> so you, thought the room. you thought I was going to say Tyrese Halliburton was going to come win the three-point shootout. Donovan Mitchell going to win. He's going to hit every damn shot in every damn round. <laughs> and it's going to set a new record for the three-point shootout that will never be broken.
2: Is he going to wear that. a Sam Merrill jersey? That kind of would be
3: fire. I mean, I, I kind of like that the more I think. I about. think four or five should probably uh, – I mean, he wear four or five because of Michael Jordan. Maybe, I don't know, a, th- a throwback for No, they ain't Andy. Wear something
2: Larry Bird related. Larry Bird. No, we do it. He said it, and he quote, he's in a quote saying, I'm a to win it for him. So go ahead and put the four on. And the
3: funniest thing I seen recently on social media was a post about... uh...
4: If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast.
3: NBA uh, parlays, and the dude was like, "I don't even know who Sam Merrill." Is. I was he just going like to say that Chase Bank.
4: If the
0: <laughs> if he came out wearing a Sam Merrill jersey, random NBA fans would be like, "Who the hell is Merrill? What shirt, what shirt is he?" <laughs> but in? they would but have the, no idea. But who think that about is. this. That's a, that that His might popularity
2: be will go through the roof. Yeah, oh, yeah. Like how Matt McClung went. I think he got like a million followers last year off of the dunk contest. More than that, yeah, yeah. Like, think about that, Catching Donovan Mitchell. Minutes. Donovan yeah. Mitchell said, "You know what? I'm gonna help my boy get more uh, followers, more uh, recognition, put some respect on his name just by winning this." People are like, "Who is Sam Merrill?" And everybody, his Google search would go through the roof. So to confirm,
1: we do not know. It's safe to assume that Merrill was not invited. Correct. Merrill did say, "I want to spend time with my family. I want to golf." He said that on the record at Cleveland.com and Donovan. When asked about it, said, "I tried to get him, or quote I tried to get him, but he wanted to chill with his family, so I figure, why not go out there and win it for him? So let's just anything's on the table. He was never going to be invited.
0: Anything's on the table. <laughs> that, that
1: might be fair, but I also never it thought Max Kong would be invited at dunk contest in uh, 2016.
2: I'm the Grinch. You need you need one no name in there for the story because. People to bet on him because his odds would be like
0: through the roof. Oh, he would have the, it would be 100 to 1. That's That's what I'm saying.
2: So people would put more money down on him to win and he could make it. Should they have one
0: at large?
1: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) There should be a fan vote. (laughs) <laughs> for the last one. I always thought in the Olympics. Well, he wouldn't, he wouldn't win the fan vote. Nobody fan knows though. who he is. Well, I'd vote so many times that he would win the fan vote. <laughs> but I always did think in the Olympics it'd be funny if they had like the eight qualifiers and then one random person. So like in swimming, oh, so you, no. just so you can see how good they actually are, like, Tyvis Powell in the eighth in the ninth lane versus like eight Olympic swimmers in the hundred yards.
2: I'd, I'd win. <laughs>
1: but you know what I'm saying? Like, like just to show how, how much better. Hurt. It's hard to see when they win by like half a second, but everyone's really good. It's like, well. You can't tell compared to the – I was that would be a fun little man, rate.
2: Listen, Jay, just a minute. Or like you <laughs> said, oh, the 100-meter
1: 100, 100 dash, but then you
0: got – Me running
2: next
1: to run, Yeah, exactly. Earl, <laughs> oh, we got to read. What's up? It'll
3: All right, fun. man, so the NBA trade deadline is Thursday. But before we talk about that tonight, the second episode of the ultimate Cleveland Cavaliers show with yours truly, uh, Mike McNuggets. Jason Lloyd premieres tonight at 5 p.m. What you guys
0: talking about? The little Mitchell. Everything we just did. No, I'm kidding. No, Actually, we, we purposely
1: <laughs> talked about doing nothing we talked about today. We're going to make it totally different. So, if you want never more Never-before-seen material. Never-before-seen. It's going to be live. By the way, the first one we did was recorded. This one will be to. live. And a uh, little teaser, the main topic, though. Why the hell isn't Donovan Mitchell getting more MVP discussion?
2: Is it? You said it's at 5 o'clock? 5 o'clock. I'm definitely going to watch in. this. Make
3: sure y'all tap in, man. And shout out to G-Bus, who... Uh, uh, you know, he, he got the ultimate Cleveland Brown show started yesterday. And only broke I'll one be...
1: rule. We're proud of G. Bush. Only broke one video restriction rule yesterday. So that's a big step up for G. That's <laughs> 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 a big step up. I'm serious. That was awesome, G. He broke a rule. Well, he usually breaks like 7,000 hey on barber shop. Get, Yeah, but last night, only pride. one. Only I was one. just
3: trying to get a man his kudos. <laughs> and <move> See that? <laughs> we loved
1: G. G was, I was very proud of him. It was a big step forward.
3: But yeah, make sure you catch the <laughs> Ultimate Cavs Show tonight, man. I hope you watch G. Bush Show, the Ultimate Cleveland Browns Show, and then I'll be debuting debuting the Ultimate Two 2-1 One Show, Two One Six
1: Show on hey. Thursday. Gonna so, be dope. Uh, looking forward to that. You have one thing you want to say real quick?
0: You started to say yeah, something. Yeah, real then. quick. No, I'm kidding. Okay. I don't. I don't remember what I was saying. All so-
1: right. Well, the trade deadline is in two days. Thursday, four p.m. is the official NBA trade deadline. The Cavs don't have a ton of money at the moment. Mm. They don't have a ton of assets, and they may or may not be looking to make any type of deals. So what we figured we'd do today, and we're going to talk a little bit about this in a different way tonight in the Ultimate but what we're going to do today is look at some potential targets that the Cavs could look at. I broke these into three tiers.
2: Let's see if you got my bowl. I
1: have your dream tiers, which are, it'll never happen. The Cavs do not have anywhere near the assets to acquire. But in a dream world where they would take, uh, they trade a dollar for a penny, then the Cavs could get these guys. Okay. Then I have the probably too pricey category, okay. where I don't think... Barring some catastrophic, I'll take a quarter for a dollar situation. It would happen, but we'll throw them in. And then I got five guys who are at least realistic candidates, and, and you, you guys I, tell me if I, I any of file. these guys is in the realistic candidate list. We'll go to that one last. Where's, do you have my category? Pink's your interest. Do you have my category? Not gonna happen. They ain't
2: doing anything.
1: Well, we, well that's why I said I don't think they do anything. But <laughs> I just
2: want to see. I broke these in the category. probably it could happen. I want to. Okay. Well,
1: let's leader. start. Let's start with the dream candidates, and once again. The dream means it's not going to happen. This is if another other team would take a penny in return for a dollar. It's not going to happen, but let's have some fun. The dream candidates would be Cam Johnson, the small forward of the Nets, LeBron James of the Lakers, and Jason, you said you wanted a backup point guard potential. That's an area you think they could look to address potentially at the deadline if they were to make a move. Alex Caruso is a proven veteran at the position, plays great defense, is a 41% shooter from three this season. He does. He would be a great fit on this Cavaliers team, but once again, these are dream scenarios that ninety-nine point nine 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 percent would never happen. It yeah, ain't give up. Fair? All, all three know. of these, too, too high price, yeah, they're too, not too much a chance. dream? Okay, we can move on. Let's go to the probably too pricey. This the probably won't happen. 98.5% chance these guys cost too much, but five guys I thought could be fits if the price was right, but I don't think the price is right. I don't think the Cavs have the assets to acquire any of these five guys, you have DeAndre Hunter in Atlanta, Dorian Finney Smith with the Nets, Bojan and Bogdan Bogdanovich, one with the Pistons, one with Atlanta, and then another backup veteran point guard, Jason, uh, uh, kind of fitting into you here, but Malcolm Brogdon, the often injured but when healthy, talented point guard for the Blazers, another veteran presence ball handler. And to- sneaky thing with Brogdon, he's like a 94% free throw shooter. So a guy at the end of the games who, if he is healthy, Absolute clutch, and he's a three-point shooter as well.
2: I
0: like Bogdan from uh, Atlanta. Uh, the Cavs have kicked the tires on Boyon a couple times, but the price is too high, and it's not—he's not coming here. Yeah. So, I was, but in the past, in past years, they've looked at him too.
1: But so that's in the right category. Probably too pricey. Yeah. None of those guys um, really. really. Yeah, but, um, so which Bogdan's
0: contract do you know? Which what which, you which one? Bogdan or no, Brogdon. Malcolm? Brogdon. Malcolm Brogdon.
1: Oh, Brogdon! I believe he's on the. I'll look it up. I think he has two years left.
0: Yeah, I didn't think he was an expiring. Um.
1: I'll tell you right some, now. I should not it, it does not it it shooters got, He's got He's got another, another year after this. Yeah, yeah he's not expiring. Not. So uh, he's under contract for $22.5 million next
0: year, which is why he's,
1: once yeah, again, that ain't probably, happening. Too <laughs> yeah, probably too that pricey. Probably too pricey. That ain't happening. So let's get to the realistic guys. <laughs> the guys, if the Cavs are to make a move, and we'll talk about whether we think they will or won't tonight, but if they are to make a move, these are guys that I think would fit into the parameters of players the Cavs could acquire. you got Royce O'Neal the three and D wing of the nets Corey kispert of washington a six foot seven shooter not a great defender but if you want to add a little more size and shooting santi aldama who i'll admit i did not know existed till last <laughs> monday when they played the grizzlies and he's a seven footer who made three threes against them and i was like ooh, what's his contract expiring oh might be a nice fit uh simone fontecchio of the utah jazz a six seven italian first year in the league he's like 28 29 years old had a nice european career before but another guy who can shoot, and I actually kind of like his potential. He may not be a rotation player this year, but a guy I think who could play later than Sadiq Bay of Atlanta. Atlanta's just kind of blowing stuff up if they want to. They I have like, the ability to. they got to, everybody
2: on. They uh, block.
1: Yeah, well, that's that's why a lot of these guys in the Nets, too, had a guy in the realistic, the probably too pricey, and the dream scenario. So I these are five that. guys, I think, theoretically speaking, if the Cavs were to make a move, they could acquire with the assets they have, and they, they fit money-wise, but – do any of you guys do any of these guys on this list right here, do you think they move the needle at all for the Cavs? No. Or any of the immediate no.
0: upgrade? No. Who are they going to acquire before Thursday that they can put into their rotation right now? They're already trying to fit ten into nine and I don't see anybody on that list that's better a better fit than what they have currently. That's, that's Not reason. on
2: that list, or maybe yeah. on the other list you could, Oh no. Sure, yeah. You, on
0: yeah. the probably too pricey, yeah, which is unrealistic list. Yeah. That,
2: that list, yeah. that list? No. You, you better off with what you got. I look at the Cavs roster, and they do
1: have some pieces if they want to make moves. Like, you could, theoretically speaking, theoretically speaking, package Lavert and Wade and some second-round picks to make a 20-ish million dollar contract work.
2: I hear everybody high on the now.
1: Well, well,
0: that's the other part of it. You can go a if you don't. Pl- if you're not planning on re-signing Okoro, then you could dangle him now because he's he's up after this year. But that's such, qualifying a, off for next that's year. such a vital defensive piece. Well, that's the thing. Like
2: you're not going to get
1: something without giving up something. I, I agree. Yeah. I
0: mean, I just, but I don't. I think he's done I mean, enough. It depend on the I, I, piece. he's he's improved enough as a three point shooter to at least give him the opportunity. Mm-hmm. I'm just telling you, teams aren't going to guard him and w- he better make those shots. Would you, would you trade him? No, because I think your your, your, your window is right now. Mm-hmm. You got to win right now. Yeah. And I think what he provides, what he gives you is more than what you're going to get back yep. for him. Even on them, them two prices list.
1: But the two pricey, Occurs doesn't make a lot of money. He's, is, on, his is the issue. Yeah, he's so, on his rookie Yeah, so, so if you're going to get one of those guys, oh, yeah, never mind. He's going in a package with Levert right. and with. So that that's what it's. You got to think money and assets. It has, to, it has to work both ways in the NBA. And the Cavs are close to the luxury tax, so they're not going to be able to take in money unless they match it or come close. I forget the exact rules. fifteen percent, twenty
0: percent. They've well, they've got three million right now under the tax line, mm-hmm. and you don't want to go into the tax now. Like that's the worst thing. You, you're they're not going to. You're not going to go over. I wrote that you don't want to go over the tax by ten bucks or a hundred bucks or you know in this case a million. You know if you're going to go into the tax, go into the tax. Yeah. Start the repeat repeat offender clock. Do it over the summer. Get a big time impact player like that sort of thing. You don't go over to the tax at the deadline by a couple of million to add a guy who may or may not fit in your rotation yeah. in May and June. It, that doesn't make any sense.
1: The way I looked at this was if there was a guy that I thought they could realistically acquire, financially and asset wise that was a definitive upgrade over their top eight, I'd consider it. Mm -hmm. I can't find anyone who makes sense in terms of the money, asset, return value for what you're giving up, that is definitive upgrade. And I don't think it makes sense to dip your toes in the tax or give up on a guy like an Isaac Okoro, who is obviously young and promising, Mm -hmm. or even a guy like Dean Wade, who I think despite the numbers not being exuberant, is crucially valuable to the makeup of this team
2: Oh, I'm going to tell you that's an
1: immediate upgrade. I I, I just don't know who that player is that comes in and and immediately says, oh, yeah, we have him now. That changes our ceiling. I'm going to tell you right now,
2: you better be glad that Garrett isn't on this set right now, because if he was, he would tell you we can't afford not to give up, not to get none of these pieces. That's what he tell you. And Garrett, I'm speaking. G. Bush, I'm here for you. You want to do your think. best G. Bush impression? Okay, Let's listen, 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 who? This I watched this same team last year lose in the first round of the playoffs. Ain't nobody, listen, we got all these guys. We done developing. It's been cool. Dean Wade's been cool. Sam Merrill, cool story. I told y'all about Sam Merrill. But listen, that ain't getting it done in the postseason. Listen, these guys said the lights was bright last year. We got to get us some dogs in here that we know can win us games. I trade everybody. I trade the whole team and <laughs> give me some big-time players up here to get us going because if we don't get to the championship this year, we already might lose out on Donovan Mitchell, so we might as well go all in on this year anyways. Forget the tax. If, if it don't work, if the Donovan Mitchell deal don't work out anyways, Kobe getting fired. It's not his responsibility anyways. So, go. All in on this thing and go get you one of them. Go, you know what? What you should go get one of them dudes that Mikey said we can't even get. That's who you should go spend all your money on. That's what G Bush would tell you. Can I, can I add to the G Bush thing? Go ahead. All
1: right, fellas. <laughs> Wait, why we, we don't mean to make a trade? We got Monty base in the G League, <laughs> and in two months, he we be averaging 23 points a game
2: in the NBA. <laughs> He was shooting 62% from three I mean, and 39% from the floor. He, he got all his games in the NBA still. He don't need to play defense. That's what Evan Mobley's for. That's a Jared Allen's for. That's what Isaiah Kerr's for. He was standing in the corner. Whack, three. Whack, three. Ooh. A money
1: base dance. Whack, three. Just call him up. Sorry, I don't know why. That, that's my g Bush. I, I I don't know where that came from. Sorry, G. Hey, oh, you, like, you want to yo, add on you guys no,
3: I, I just got i got some more questions so <laughs> i said this yesterday jason internet went crazy first of all everybody think that everybody at ucss we don't know nothing about basketball at all uh me mikey jason Tyvis, <laughs> um jay boy G. but i've heard jason talk a lot about this team has all the pieces they're just young they need to grow uh, do i have that correct
0: yeah, I mean, I said earlier, you had to give them an opportunity to fail and learn from it. They failed last year miserably. It was terrible. All right, so now you've got to give them a chance to learn from it. So I'm, tie- I'm tying this into a, a few more points.
3: Mike, you pointed out, you had the data to back it up that the Cavs' best lineup is what it is. You had the plus, minus, et cetera. It's the best move for the Cavs internally trying to figure out how to create a second lineup as dominant as the lineup that you put together. Like, you instead at, of going you, are to are trade for somebody, it's, it's the best move taking all, the, all this depth, all the pieces that you have, and trying to construct a second lineup that's just as potent as the lineup that you talked
1: about. Uh, no, I mean, I still think at the end of the day, the Cavs at their peak, especially in the playoffs, when the biggest difference in playoffs and regular season is A, pressure, and then B, teams scheme game by game for you specifically. When you play 82 games in the regular season, Jason, you probably actually know this better than I do. You know, you're playing back to backs, your scouts, you're you're playing basic defensive principles yeah. for the most part, and it's not specifically game plan and tailored night in, night out, to stop a certain team. And that's why I think it is crucial for Darius Garland to get back to the Darius Garland we have grown to love here in Cleveland. Because when him and Donovan are on the court together, that's two guys who can create out of nothing. And without Darius on the floor, it's Donovan create and everyone else space and shoot, which has been utterly and it's been utterly unstoppable since January first. But there are ways to stop that when guys aren't shooting, 51% like Dean Wade is, 47 like like these guys can't shoot. They're, they can. I don't expect them to shoot that well in the postseason. So I think you need that secondary creator on the court, and that's why I think Darius Garland, when it's all said and done, is a must, a non-negotiable in the Cavs closing five
0: their starting lineup is their lineup for the playoffs. Like that's those five guys are going to carry the bulk of the minutes. When you get in the playoffs and the deeper you get in the playoffs, the tighter your rotation gets in the first round. He's not going to play 10. You play nine. You trust eight. Ideally you get to the second round, the third round you're playing eight, trust seven, you get to the finals. You might be playing seven, trust six. So, and, and by that, like the seventh guy or the, the eighth guy or whatever is playing eight minutes you know that end of the first quarter start of the second quarter type thing and that's really that might be it unless somebody gets into foul trouble and and when you're talking about all these lines it just Earl when you were asking that like death lineup was stuck in my head I felt like we were headed toward the death lineup conversation I don't want to hear anybody talk about death lineup outside of Golden State that team had some of the best shooters in the history of the game it is disrespectful to any other one to try and come up with a death lineup because that is beholden to golden state and what that era was because they did things i remember when people were saying and i might have been one of them saying you ain't gonna win nothing as a jump shooting team in the nba you gotta be able to play inside you gotta be able to do this and that and they rebuilt basketball with the way that, that team shot the ball there's no such thing as, a, as another death lineup now the Cavs can have a really good lineup and they can play versatile and they can play four out one in they i mean if, if evan gets hot shooting threes, you could go with a five-out lineup. And the Cavs had that in their championship year when Channing was at the center. They were playing five on the perimeter. And teams, I mean, Bud, Mike Boonholzer, was in near tears on the podium after games in that Atlanta series. Like, "Ah, anybody got any ideas what to do? I don't know what to do with this team. And the Cavs aren't at that level yet. But they've definitely got some some terrific shooting. I
2: got a question for you. You Last year, you were saying – that JB makes their guy his guys play defense mm-hmm. for 82 games or whatever it is, and by the time they got to the postseason, that their legs were tired.
0: No, I said that he, the Cavs play hard every single night, mm-hmm. and not a lot of teams do that. Very few teams do that, mm-hmm. and they just they take games off, they take quarters off, and the Cavs uh, from a couple years ago. That's how before Donovan got here, I think that's how they won a lot of the close yeah. games. They just outplayed other teams. They just played harder than other teams. I don't know necessarily their legs were shot by the playoffs last year. I just think that they were overwhelmed by the Knicks. It was a bad matchup, and they were overwhelmed by the moment. And nobody plays more minutes or plays 82 games harder than the Knicks and Tom Thibodeau.
1: Yeah. Tom Thibodeau runs dudes into the ground. So, that's – it's a bad comparison to look at. And I'm not saying it's your fault, but, like, the Cavs may have played a ton of defense and a ton of minutes last year. No team played their starters more minutes than the Knicks, and they didn't look worn down. Right. Right. You know, it kinda go kinda goes
2: both well, ways. Well the reason I was gonna say that was I was gonna say since if that was a thing, you know, usually the first time you experience that your body isn't used to it. Yeah. Would they be better off this year because their body should be kinda used to it? That's well the nice was the luxury
0: of playing ten is you can really manage the minutes. Donovan's yeah. probably a tick or two higher than He's still playing – he's not playing as many minutes as last year, but only by a fraction. Last year he played the most minutes of his career, more than he ever did in Utah. And there were some grumbles about he was playing too much and playing too many minutes. His minutes this year are very, very close to where they were last year. He could probably stand to come down another tick or two, but everyone else is right around that 33-minute marker. So no one's really – because when you can run 10 deep, you can really manage everybody's minutes Mm. and you can keep them down to where they should be fresh. And I would come expect
1: April. Donovan's minutes to come down slightly now that Darius is getting healthy and yeah. they can stagger more of the primary ball handler, point guard situational roles uh, as they go forward. So to put a bow tie on the trade deadline. But combo. also,
0: yes, you can bring his minutes down, but also using the regular season to build good habits for the postseason, Donovan and Darius have to play together. Yeah, and oh They've yeah. Got, they got to figure that out. I, so I don't mean full them, stagger. Yeah. I, I just meant – Yeah. They, there's times where you can trade off. And
1: Donovan, when he was playing, as the when Darius is out – I don't want to call them hard minutes for soft minutes, but when you're the the primary playmaker on offense, there's not really a time to get off. Right. There are possessions Donovan can take off of him and Darius are on the court, yes. where Darius becomes the primary playmaker. Yeah. Donovan kind of stands off in the corner, so it's the a less hard. I, I don't know the right word. You don't know try to say though, like it's a less taxing. Yeah. Uh, minute total. So to put a bow tie on the trade deadline potential,
2: it ain't happening.
1: We all agree. <laughs> it ain't probably happenin'. ain't gonna happen ain't for the Cavs.